Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about connecting to your character's emotional need. Now, what am I actually talking about when I say emotional need? You know, usually when we talk about characters, we don't talk about emotional need at all. We talk about their tangible goal, right? The tangible object. What do they want? What are they going for? What's their dream? What's their goal? If you want to talk in acting terms, what's their super objective? Uh, what's their intention? What's their objective in the scene? What's the thing they want more than anything else that they're trying to get? If you want to talk in Hitchcock terms, what's the MacGuffin that everyone's trying to get in the movie, right? Um, so we're really comfortable with this idea of the tangible object. Um, for some examples of a tangible object, in Raising Arizona, everybody wants the baby. Everybody's trying to get that baby. In The Godfather, Michael wants to avenge his father's death and protect the family. Um, in The Handmaid's Tale, Alfred, June, wants to escape her captivity and save her children. Almost every character has this tangible objective, a tangible object that they are seeking, that they're trying to get. And if you know that tangible object, it becomes really easy to write your character. In fact, all you have to do is make it hard for them to get the tangible object and they will go on a journey. They will have to start making new choices and those new choices will change them. Just like in your own life, if you know what you want, and you start going for it, you will hit obstacles. And we think about those obstacles as bad things, but oftentimes they're not. Oftentimes the obstacle is just the thing that makes it hard. And the thing that makes it hard is the thing that forces you to learn who you really are and to make choices you've never made before and to experience who you really can be. Um, if you've ever had a great creative partner, um, great director, great actor, that that great actor, that great director, that great uh, that great set designer, uh, that person doesn't just go, okay, sure, anything you want, boss, right? That that great collaborator is a provocateur who pushes you, who asks you hard questions, who forces you to think more deeply. If you've ever ever had a great mentor, they do the same thing, right? They get under the surface. They don't make it easy. They make it hard. But in making it hard. They force you to discover who you really are as a person and as an artist and as a writer. So in the same way with our characters, if you know the tangible object, you attack the tangible object and you make it hard and the character has to make new choices and that sends them on a journey, which raises two really interesting questions. Number one, what do you do if you don't know what the character wants? And number two, why is it that we care so much about what some characters want and we don't care at all about what other characters want? Why is it that sometimes you go to see a movie and sometimes the character wants something that you don't even connect to? You know, uh, if you're watching There Will Be Blood, um, the character wants oil. Right? Uh, how many of us are seeking oil? Like, how many for how many of us are like, yeah, that's my dream. You know, I just really want to be an oil man. Right? Most of us don't have that dream. So, why do we care about Daniel Plainview? If you watch the wrestler, the wrestler wants to wrestle again. 
Well, most of us don't have the desire to get the crap beat out of us in a ring by a 300-pound man, right? Most of us don't connect to that tangible object. So why is it that we care about the wrestler? And yet there are other movies that you probably watched where it's like, you know, they're trying to save a baby or save the world. And you're like, bleh, who cares? This feels so fake. I don't get it. I don't connect to it. I, I don't I don't care. Um, what's really interesting is sometimes we root for characters pursuing tangible objects that we don't even agree with. So if you think of Breaking Bad, you know, we don't agree, hopefully, with the idea of becoming drug lords. We don't agree with the idea of manipulating the failing student who's who believes in us and looks at us like a father towards his addiction so that we can get what we want. We, we don't believe in lying to our spouses, right? Lying to our children. We don't believe in any of the tangible objects he's going for. So why do we care about Walter White? And, and why is it that there are some perfectly nice characters, you know, characters who save the cat and do super sweet, sweet things that we don't actually care about at all? What actually makes us care about a character? Um, in previous podcasts, I've talked about understanding what the character wants and what makes it hard is something that makes us care. But there's, there's something even deeper. Um, we care when the writer is connected. And when you're connecting as a writer, you know, a tangible object can be a way of connecting if you're lucky enough to know what the character wants. But what really connects us is not the want, it's the need underneath. Um, when you write from emotional need, you're kind of getting under the surface of the tangible object and you're discovering what the tangible object actually means to the character. What does it mean on a primal level? What does it mean on a core level? What does it mean on an animal, reptilian level? What does it mean on the collective unconscious level, right? Um, Jung had this idea of the collective unconscious. And what Jung basically said is, you know, in our subconscious minds, in our dreams, that we could connect to the fabric of the universe, right? The fabric that ties us together. So in our waking state, you know, when you look at me or I look at you, you go, oh, well, you're not Jake and Jake's not you. We're, we're different people. But what Jung said is that in our dreams, we could actually connect to the communal experience, the group experience, the, the carefully woven fabric that ties us all. And in that way, we could find archetypes that actually mean the same thing to you that they mean to me. And in this way, we can actually understand the way that we are all connected. Um, a guy named Campbell came along and Campbell said, well, if Jung is right and there's this collective unconscious that ties us all together that we all share, well, there must also be such a thing as a collective story, right? A story that ties us all together. And that if we could simply tell that story, which he called the hero's journey, then we would be telling a story that's universal, Um and of course, what Campbell did was he labeled and he named all those different archetypes and all those different archetypal moments, just like Jung did. Um, but oddly, when a lot of writers try to use archetypes, they don't actually end up writing archetypes. They actually end up writing stereotypes. Just like when a lot of writers tried to follow the 21 steps of the hero's journey, 
they ended up not actually doing the hero's journey. They ended up actually doing formula. So what's the difference? What's the difference between a formula and structure? What's the difference between an archetype and a stereotype? What's the difference between a character whose tangible object we care about and a character whose tangible object we don't care about at all? Well, it comes down to emotional need. So most of us are not aware of our emotional needs, uh, but all of us have emotional needs driving us all the time. So, you know, you go into a Starbucks and you're telling yourself, my tangible object is a cup of coffee. And that's true. Technically, you want a cup of coffee. Um, but underneath that desire for the cup of coffee is something else, something much more profound and something that you actually share with every other human being in the world. So not everybody likes coffee. Not everybody likes Starbucks coffee. In fact, I don't like Starbucks coffee at all. Um, I prefer coffee from little coffee shops. Uh, so not everybody wants a Starbucks. But for the character who wants a Starbucks, the Starbucks represents something. Uh, for one character, it might represent comfort. <sighs> comfort. Oh my God, I just had such a tough day and I just, if I could just sit and have that Starbucks, it would just, <sighs> just let me breathe. For another character, that Starbucks might represent justice. You know, I worked hard all day for minimum wage. I got yelled at from my boss. I got treated like crap. And yeah, a Starbucks might be worth 25 cents and cost $5. But I deserve a Starbucks for the amount of work I did. If there's any justice in the world, I'm going to get a Starbucks so that I can feel like I was treated fairly, like I treated myself fairly after my intense day of work. And you can see that the person seeking comfort is going to go for their Starbucks in a way that's very different than the character seeking justice, even though they have the same goal, which is the coffee. The emotional need is going to inflect everything. Somebody else wants a Starbucks because they want to feel love. Because when they were a kid, their dad used to take them to Starbucks and used to let them get anything they want. And even now, when they go to Starbucks, they look at that vente latte and they go, oh, it feels like love. That's dad's love, right? Man, I, why am I going to Starbucks? Why do I want this vente latte? Because I want to feel love. Somebody else might go to Starbucks and they want a cup of coffee because they want respect. So no sun. Jacob is not spelled with a K, it's spelled with a C. Spell my name correctly when I order a cup of coffee, please. Because I'm the kind of guy who goes to Starbucks because I can afford it. Because I've achieved something so I can have those pleasures, including the pleasure of you writing my name down properly because I want respect. Do you see the difference between that character and the character who just wants love and the character who just wants justice? All these characters are going to Starbucks for completely different reasons, but these reasons have nothing to do with Starbucks. 
These reasons have to do with the core emotional needs of the characters. They have to do with what's really driving the character under the surface. And when we learn to write from that place, from those core primal needs, what happens is that the personal becomes universal. If you just write a character trying to get a Starbucks, and you keep making it hard, you know, they write the name down wrong, they give you the wrong order, uh, somebody butts ahead of them in line, uh, uh, the the Starbucks catches on fire, uh, you can create a lot of obstacles. But we might honestly not give a crap about whether the person gets the Starbucks or not. But if we feel the need underneath pulling that character, if we feel not the conscious need, right? No one goes to Starbucks going, you know, I need love today, so maybe I'll get a coffee, right? In fact, the moment you think it, you go, well, well, that's crazy, right? You don't get love from a coffee, right? You don't get justice from a coffee. You don't get respect from a coffee, right? These are the subconscious connections that our minds make, right? We buy things, we try things, we go for things, we try to achieve things because we want to feel a certain way. And those feelings that we want are universal. They're primal. They happen at the reptilian brain level or the mammalian brain level. They're not happening at the intellectual level. We're not even consciously aware of what's driving us. In fact, imagine if we were. It would be so nice. If we were consciously aware of our emotional needs, there would be no war. You could meet your friend and be like, you know, how you doing? Ah, man, I really need some respect. Well, I really need some validation. Okay, cool. You know, you're doing great. You know, I've always looked up to you. Ah, everyone feels better. Um, Napoleon, how you doing? Ah, you know, thinking about taking over the world. I just, you know, I just need to feel some validation. Oh, did I mention you look fabulous? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, you know, actually, I feel better, right? If we could actually say what we needed, we wouldn't have to pursue these crazy things. Um, but what happens is these totally positive desires, love, respect, comfort, justice, safety, right, meaning, right, these, these, simple, these simple needs get confused with their tangible objects. You know, we have no money and we're sitting out in the rain trying to get the newest iPad, right? Trying to be the first. And it's not because we want an iPad. It's because we want to feel creative because we need meaning in our life, right? But we think the iPad equals meaning. We buy a $50,000 car, buy a BMW. That's not because we're going like rationally, like, you know, what's the best way to spend my money? I think, let me buy a depreciating asset that is going to be worth $10,000 less as soon as I drive it off the lot. Um, we're not thinking practically, well, you know, I need to get my family around, therefore I need this BMW. No, we'd be better with a minivan. Um, we're more likely thinking like, I want people to know I'm freaking cool. I need a BMW. I need people to know that I've made it. I need validation or I need respect or maybe I need justice or maybe I need love, right? We confuse those feelings with the tangible object. Um, and in a way, thank God we do because 
if we didn't confuse emotional needs and tangible objects, nothing would ever happen, right? We would just sit around going like, I need love. Okay, I love you, right? And our lives would be, I guess, nice, but there wouldn't be a lot of movement. The emotional needs are actually what move us towards a tangible object. It's what makes the baby in raising Arizona matter, right? It's, it's not the baby. Sure, we all love babies, but it's not the baby, right? It's the emotional need underneath it. It's what makes oil matter in There Will Be Blood, right? It's the emotional need for success that's driving him for respect driving him, right? Um, it's not the million dollars of fake money in the fake briefcase that we all know doesn't exist that we're trying to heist that makes it matter. It's the emotional need. It's what does it mean? This is why in every heist movie, it's never about the money. The money's fake. It's fictional money in a fictional movie. It's about what does the money mean? That's why it's always the last heist, because it's never about the heist. It's always about what does the heist represent? So this is the concept, right? Under every tangible object is an emotional need. Um, if you push on the tangible object hard enough, if you make it challenging enough, the character will start to make big choices, and those big choices will eventually reveal the emotional need underneath. So one way of approaching, if you're a very conscious mind writer, right? If you're a very analytical writer, if you have trouble accessing your own emotional needs, cool. Well, choose a tangible object, make it really hard, force the character to start making new choices, and eventually you're going to suddenly feel something. You're going to be like, oh my God, it's not about the briefcase. It's about love. Oh my God, it's not about the briefcase. It's about justice. Oh my, uh, think about hell or high water, right? Oh my God, it's not, about the, it's not about robbing the banks. It's about justice. And that's what makes us care. And that's where the trick ending comes from, right? It's never actually about the tangible object. So if you know the tangible object, but don't know the emotional need, keep making it hard. The harder you make it, the more the emotional need will start to bubble to the surface. The more new choices the character makes that only they would make, the more you'll learn about what their emotional need is. And once you get their emotional need, you get them. And if you don't know what the tangible object is, well, pick anything. Pick a glass of water. Pick a pair of scissors. Pick an iPhone. Pick a smoothie. Pick this roll of tape. I have so many drinks. Pick this seltzer. Pick this remote control. Pick this touchpad. Pick this magical button device. Pick these worn out headphones. It doesn't actually matter what you pick. It matters you pick something and that that something matters to you. Pick that tangible object, look around the room through your character's eyes, see what shiny object is interesting to them in that room, or see what shiny object is interesting to them that's so big that's going to drive them through a whole movie. Pick that object because the object doesn't matter. The object's only there to help you and the character understand their real emotional need.
But if you're a more intuitive writer and it's hard for you to connect to tangible objects because you're like, I don't care about the headphones. I don't care about the, the drink. I, I don't care about the touchpad. I don't, I don't care about any of those things. Well, the other way to do it is to connect to the emotional need. Um, in my classes, I teach you guys some hypnotic techniques that let you get under the surface and uh, connect to the emotional need. So if you want to learn that, yes, you can do it using hypnotic techniques. Um, you can do it using craft techniques. In fact, if you get really good at isolating visual moments of action, another technique that we teach, um, you can actually use your inner eye and the technique of craft to connect to the emotional need. You can use the structural technique that I just taught you, figure out what they want and make it hard. But you can also go inside and you can feel your own emotional need. You can feel that emotional need. You can close your eyes, you can take a breath. You can feel the emotional need that gets hot in you when you think about your character. It might be love, it might be meaning, it might be respect, it might be justice, but it's going to be one of those needs. This is how you know you're at the real emotional need. It's one of those needs that literally everyone has. Um, if you want a list of needs, you can look up Maslow's pyramid of needs. That will give you some way of thinking about them. He breaks it down to three different kinds. Um, the easiest needs to write from are the mammalian brain needs and the reptilian brain needs, right? Those core primal needs. But you can also write from the more intellectual needs like meaning, transcendence, those kinds of needs. Um, it's easier to write from needs that are from somebody else, like I need this from you is easier to write from I need this for you but you can also write from, I need this for you. But you want to find the emotional need that's hot for you. You want to give it a name. If you're kinesthetic, you want to feel it in your body. And you want to get really curious about what it feels like. Notice exactly where it is. Is it big or small? Is it hot or cold? Is it rough or smooth? If you're visual, you want to look at it and see what it looks like. Is it black and white or color? Is it, uh, does it have a shape to it? Does it have a color to it? Is it moving or is it still? Is it inside of your body or is it outside of your body? Is it large or small? If you're auditory, you, you might notice, does it have a sound to it? What does it sound like? So you can use your different senses to connect to that need and you want to give it a name. And that name might be one of the names I gave, like love, or you might be like, oh, it's that squishy part that sits on my heart. It's that tightness I feel right here, right? You want to give it a name. And then you want to give it to your character. And you want to turn up the volume on it. So if it's that pressure you feel right here, you might want to turn up the volume till it's like a 12, till it's like pounding in your character, right? Till it's so hot. So till it's like dragging your character around. Your character might not even be aware of what it is, but he or she or they can feel that drive. And you want to let that need pull you to the tangible objects. 
So let's say it's respect. What's the opportunity to get respect as you order that Starbucks? What's the opportunity to get respect as you try to get that new car? What's the opportunity to get respect as you show up for work? What's the opportunity to get that need met in every scene? And what you'll start to learn is that those emotional needs start to connect to tangible objects. They start to reveal the specific how of your character. And most importantly, they start to get you connected, not to the tangible bullshit, but to the core stuff going on under the surface, the stuff that your character may not even be consciously aware of themselves. And when it comes to your own needs, one of the things that you can do for yourself that will make you a better writer, but also make you a happier person is when you feel a hot desire come up. God, I need a smoothie right now. God, I need an ice cream. God, I need that car. I need to give that person a piece of my mind. I need my dad to tell me he's proud of me. I need my sister to do something different with her life. I need, I need, I need. When you find those hot needs coming up in yourself, you can take a breath. And you can ask yourself, what is the emotional need underneath that tangible object? If you had those words from your father, that change in your sister, that cup of ice cream, what would you feel then? Oh, I'd feel love. Oh, I'd feel respect. Oh, I'd feel validation. Oh, I'd feel meaning. Oh, I'd feel safe. Oh, I'd feel confident. When you notice what that need is, it allows you to get curious about the structure for your character, but also about structure for yourself. What are the other ways to feel that feeling you need? What are the things you could do right now that would give you not the tangible object, but the feeling? Um, because here's the interesting thing about writing and about life for both our characters and ourselves, the tangible objects only give a very temporary fix to the emotional need. The real way that emotional needs get fulfilled is not by the tangible objects at the end of the line. They get fulfilled by the structure of the journey as we pursue those objects. It's not the object that gives you meaning, it's the pursuit. It's not the object that gives you validation, it's the pursuit. It's not the object that gives you confidence, it's the pursuit. And it's the connection to our emotional needs and to the needs of our characters that make our journeys and their journeys not only meaningful, but also relatable. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you want to learn more about writing from emotional need, if you want to learn more about uh, writing in general, come join us every Thursday night. It's totally free. Um, Thursday Night Writes, you can go to writeyourscreenplay.com slash Thursday um, to sign up. If you'd like to make a donation, we're grateful. We will match it and put it in our scholarship fund. Um, and if you can't make a donation, then bring yourself and your creativity, and we will be happy to see you there as well. Um, and if you'd like to study with us, we offer online classes in screenwriting, comic book writing, playwriting, TV writing. We offer one-on-one -on -one mentorship with some of the most extraordinary professional writers and teachers out there. Um, and we do it at a tiny fraction of the cost of grad school. So um, I hope that you'll join us on Thursday night and I hope you will come study with us. 